Hello, SCF Student Ministries. Devin here. Um, And I want to give you guys a quick just update on where we're at with this podcast and just kind of the things that we're going to be doing. Um, What I plan for this podcast going forward and what today is going to be is a place for if you are not able to make our youth group on Wednesday nights, um, it's going to be a place where you can hear the same message and just feel like you're still caught up. So for whatever reason, if there's a there's a week that you may not f- um, be able to make it on Wednesday nights in person, uh, this is a great place to feel um, like including that you're still up to date. You don't feel like you're getting behind or anything. Uh, so I just wanted to make that available to you. So if uh, you're listening to this, it's Wednesday, uh, October 6th. And uh, tonight at Youth Group, we're going to be starting a new series, um, and it's called Squad Up. Um, and really, the premise of this is just the the idea that relationships are such a big part of uh, what we do as Christians, and just uh, in living in community together. And um, really, the how that starts um, is having a great group of people around you, being surrounded someone. So I mean, I'm thinking on your own. Um, what's a I guess uh, you can think about like think about like movies. Think about like the Avengers or um, Toy Story, uh, the Goonies, movies like that, where it's like a group of friends, um, a squad of people. Um, think about which famous group like that is your favorite. Uh, for me, it probably is Toy Story. That's like one of my all-time favorite movies. I've seen all of them multiple times. I love, still love watching all of them. They're great. Um, and seeing the, like, I mean, they're toys in a movie, but it's still relatable having a group of people that are that close together that go through things together. Um, and it's something that we all, we all want. Um, in it, everyone wants that, right? Like we all want that idea, that camaraderie that comes with it. We want to, what it comes down to is that we really want a safe group of people to hang out with, um, whether that be in class, at lunch, on the weekends, uh, really for the rest of your lives, you want to find that group of people that makes you feel safe and included. Um, And whether your squad is a group of 10 or more friends, or it's just one or two trusted people, that's either one is great. Either one is, is a can be just as good as the other one is not better than the other and the point is that we all want to belong in a community of safe people and it's normal to want that kind of community god made us that way Uh, but sometimes we feel more pressure than usual to find a place where we feel like we belong Um, some examples like starting the new school year like now um, when life sends big or unexpected changes our way we want to feel like we belong when we're the new kid um, somewhere, whether that's youth group, school, sports, whatever it is, um, or when we feel alone or misunderstood, we want to find a group of people to feel safe and belong to. Um, and I think this year it, it kind of feels like we can forget, like we feel like relationships have gotten left out because of COVID and quarantine and all that. And um, I still think that even through that, I think it's important to maintain those relationships with people or find and look for those relationships. Cause I mean, you may not be in person for school, but you still have class with other people. Um, and I can't make sure you always have someone to walk to class with or go to class with or talk, but I know someone who is willing to talk you with, with you always and invites you into community of people where you can truly belong. So, um, I want to talk about for a second a time when uh, people that follow Jesus showed me true community. And really, it's just 
anytime I feel like that I've gone through a real uh, struggle in my life, whether it's um, being stressed out and sad and having just like a tough time, maybe depressed, whatever it is, I've had a group of people around me and that's been our church that has surrounded me with love and understanding and has just been willing to just sit and um, talk with me or understand whatever it is. They've been so good for that. Um, when people some when some people hear the word church, they might think about just a building, um, a preacher, maybe like a dress code, even uh, somewhere they're forced to go. As a kid, I remember thinking that like it's like kind of like a place you're forced to go to. Um, but the church is meant to be so much more than just a building or an event. It's meant to be a community where we can belong and grow. This is the this is the kind of community, a community that loves and understands us all. It's the kind of community that Jesus always intended for us to find in the church. But not every story is like the one I just shared. Uh, sometimes Jesus followers aren't great at getting along. Sometimes they care more about their preferences than other people. Maybe they're judgmental. Um, and this is because we are human. We're broken humans. We're trying to do this together, but sometimes people don't always do it correctly. They don't always do it the right way. We all do that. When we get it right, being a part of the church can change people's lives like it changed mine. But when we get it wrong, people can walk away from the church and even their faith sometimes feeling disappointed, hurt, and maybe even more alone than ever. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. You and I might think it's difficult to be the kind of church God wants us to be, but imagine how hard it must have been to be the very first Jesus followers. Have you ever thought about the fact that the church didn't always exist? The church wasn't established until after Jesus' time on earth. And when the church was first getting started, everyone was trying to figure out not only how to follow Jesus, but how to get along with each other as well. So everyone was doing this all for the first time. And the earliest Christians came from many different religious backgrounds, cultures, ethnicities, and social classes, just like today. I mean, those sound like all those words are words that we still hear come up today. And learning to get along with such a diverse group of people wasn't exactly easy for them, and it's not easy for us. One of the ways early churches, early church leaders helped Jesus followers understand how to live out their faith was by writing letters. They'd fill their letters with instructions, challenges, and encouragement, and then send them to believers in other towns, cities, or even whole regions. In the Bible, we find several writ letters written by a follower of Jesus named Paul. When Paul was a young man, he hated Jesus and those who believed in him. Hated them. Paul fought against the spread of Christianity by imprisoning and even killing Jesus followers. But then, Paul met Jesus and everything changed. He took all the energy he'd put into fighting the spread of Christianity and became one of its greatest evangelists instead. And one of the letters that Paul wrote to Jesus uh, was to a church in the city called Ephesus. And today we call that that letter, it's turned into the book of Ephesians for us. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be, we're going to explore this book to help us figure out what it meant for Christians back then and what it means for us today. Uh, so in Ephesians 1, 1 Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So stop, we'll stop right there. Do you see how Paul opened his letter to God's holy people? 
I want you to do something for me. Imagine you are one of the original recipients of this letter. To do that, here are some things to remember. To just put you in the mindset of like, oh, I am, I'm being, I'm the first one that's going to read this letter. If you lived back then, there's a good chance that you wouldn't have been able to read. So, how's that for starters? So when the early church received a letter like this one, one person would read the letter out loud and everyone else would listen. There were no printers back then, and it was expensive and time-consuming to have something copied by hand. So think about that if you don't think about, think about the magic of the printing press and how that's changed our world. Before, you had to have someone that literally wrote books. If you wanted a copy of books, someone had to literally write out by hand the entire thing. Sometimes it's hard to remember that that was how things got done. Uh, the only way you could hear or read a book would have been by gathering with other Jesus followers to hear and discuss it together. And the early church didn't have buildings like many churches do today. Jesus followers would gather in each other's homes. So try to imagine us all in a cozy living room, maybe having a meal while we read this together. Uh, now I'm going to go, I'm going to start back from verse 1 and we're going to go through verse 5. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship, through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Not only did Paul reference to the Ephesians as a group, he pointed out that they were chosen to be God's sons and daughters. The church isn't just a group of people, according to Paul. It's God's family. And how do you become part of God's family? We'll keep going uh, down in uh, verses 11 through 14 of Ephesians. It explains that. And it says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. Paul says that when we hear and believe the good news of Jesus, we belong to Jesus. Join God's family and are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, all by hearing and believing the good news. And then we'll ask another question. What happens after we join God's family by placing our trust in Jesus? Uh, just as Ephesians just explained. Uh, down, if we continue on in Ephesians, it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. 
And God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So there's a lot there. When we join God, when we join God's family through Jesus, we join a family of people who welcome us. When you put your trust in Jesus, know that you are joining a community of people who are so glad that you're a part of our family. Number two, we pray for each other. Paul modeled this with the Ephesians, and we can model it with each other. Uh, number three, our faith grows together. Paul asked what the Ephesians would grow um, in the wisdom of knowledge, and power of God, and they would do so together. And lastly, we become one body. Paul said God's church is like a body and that Jesus is the head of that body. And think about how a body functions. To get anything to get anything done, we need all of our parts working together, not just some of them. That means all of us as the body are working together with Jesus as the head to function fully. So don't you, don't, don't you want to be part of a community where you're always welcome, you're prayed and cared for, you can grow, and your uniqueness is celebrated? That is God's dream for the church, and it always has been. This isn't new. The church isn't a building or an event. It's supposed to be a family, God's family. And here's the good news for all of us. We can be part of God's family. And now and now what? Uh, what this means for us is that you are invited to join God's family, and that's what this youth group is aiming to do, is to provide an arm of that, that God's family, that we can meet together. One of the most radical things about the church when it first began was that everyone was invited. You could join God's family no matter who you were, if you were rich or poor, a man or a woman, old or young, sick or healthy, influential or an outcast, a Jew or a Gentile, a good person or a troublemaker, it doesn't matter. Who is welcome in God's family was radical then and still is today. You're welcome in God's family even if you don't think you look, talk, or act like you think a church person should. Because that's there's no such thing. <laughs> you still have doubts and questions. You're still part of God's family. Even if no one else in your family believes in God, that means you can still be part of God's family. Or if you've made some really big mistakes in your life, you can be part of God's family. No matter what, you're invited you're invited to join God's family. You're invited to belong here or wherever followers of Jesus gather because it's not about a building. God's family is way bigger than that. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, are you making it easy for others to join God's family? Do you invite other people uh, to join you not just in going to church but in a real real, real relationship with Jesus? And that means maybe inviting someone um, over to talk through something from church or youth group or asking someone to pray for you or asking if you can pray for other people um do you pray and care for each other do you help each other grow closer to god and that means having real discussions with your friends um to help them and do you celebrate the unique things that you and others bring to god's family or are you more concerned with everyone looking or acting alike are the people you're in community with just look just like you? Or do you embrace people who are different, knowing that God's family is big and diverse, like we talked about before? And if you've ever felt disappointed in how God's children are getting along, or you've come to church and felt alone, remember that you are a part of God's family. If you're dissatisfied by the way God's family is treating one another, you can be a part of the change. We need you. We need people to, to call us out when, when things aren't going the way that they should. So that's your role in God's, 
and that's kind of what we need to reflect on. That's one role in God's family, but we need to reflect on that as a whole, what our role in God's family is. And we're going to spend the next few weeks uh, talking about what it means to live like God's family. But today I want you to, um, I want to invite you to think about your role in God's family right now. Do you want to, do you want to join that family for the first time? Do you want to experience greater community with God's family? Well, I just invite you to talk to God about those. Talk to us as leaders, um, whatever it wants, whatever it may be. As we dig into Ephesians, we'll see why Paul cared so much about people joining God's family. God never wants us to feel alone or like we don't belong, and you don't have to. When it comes to the church, there are no tryouts, admission tests, or interviews. Thank goodness. No matter who we are, we can be part of God's family. Um, And with that, I just want to close... Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm really excited. Um, for those of you that are going to make it for youth group, if you can't, hopefully this is a good resource for you to feel connected to the family that we're creating, um, at our SCF youth group. And until next time.